the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. And we're back. The time, 6.15 on the money edition of Lifeline. What was interesting that I observed when I was in Rome, uh, Italy, Italy, um, Paris, and uh, also uh, a portion of uh, London, Liverpool. But I probably won't use that as an example. Two things I didn't see over the course of 21 days, particularly in Rome and in Paris and the different uh, different states in Rome. um, I did not see a whole lot of overt um, alternative lifestyle expressions or any kind of uh, literature mandating that um, these alternative lifestyles, the ABCs or the alphabet groups that uh, Susan was talking about, uh, as it were, advocated, um, made uh, to press hard upon the conscience of the people as we were going about. And we did a lot of walking and we were engaged with a lot of people in terms of just basic everyday life um, all throughout the different islands and uh, different cities uh, in Rome and Paris. Uh, just didn't see what we got going on here in the West. Didn't see it. Uh, Of course, you know, I'm old enough to know that it doesn't mean that it's not happening, of course. But there was no sense of an overt expression of, you know, this is who we are. Um, Every now and then you'd see a couple, uh, whether male or female, holding hands. But as a general norm in the conversation and tenor and dialogue that you would hear was not this kind of hyped, uh, media, uh, politicized propaganda that we keep having to deal with here in the West. It's, it's It was remarkable to actually recognize that over time that I did not find one uh, uh, bisexual bathroom or uh, you know, multi-sexual bathroom. You'll find that in San Francisco for sure. But I didn't find any of that in uh, in Rome. Didn't find it anywhere in Barcelona. Didn't find it anywhere uh, in, in Italy, uh, any parts of Italy or, or the islands that are associated with. Didn't, didn't find it prominently at all in Paris. Didn't find it. And that was kind of refreshing to know that um, older cultures and ours that have always had to deal with uh, these fundamental uh, aberrations of human expression um, just know how to respect the uh, the biological distinction and not let it be run over by the train of rhetoric and political talk, as is the case in California. It's an amazing reality that I came to, albeit. Another reality that I came to that was just as equivalently loud was the fact that there was no overt preaching of the gospel at all in the streets of Rome. No overt preaching of the gospel at all in Paris. It was like the quiet before the storm, if you ask me on a prophetic level, thinking through where are the Christians 
do they have freedom of speech? Can they go out to the major uh, arcs uh, and the major parks and the major sites where people are gathering together in in the masses and do what we do? Bring out a relatively, uh, uh, you know, loud but not over overly loud megaphone and begin to call men and women's attention to the crown rights of Jesus Christ and the gospel of God's glory and the need for repentance and turning the need to recognize that we are all under the wrath of part of God apart from the grace of God in Christ and, and really truly being born again, we're under a delusion and that we are headed to hell. You didn't hear that either. We're just kind of in between this kind of this, this censorship of it all. It was quite fascinating, quite fascinating. But here you and I are in our present world where all of the talk is on the table. And you still hear some gospel preaching publicly and a little gospel preaching in our churches. I say that to say this. I really do think that we are moving in a direction of preparation for persecution for the preaching of the truth of the gospel open and publicly at some point in the near future. That's where I think we're going unless God has other plans. But biblically, what I see is at a certain point, Christians will be in a corner. Once there's enough swell on the part of the political world to to dominate the narrative and able to control the courts and judges and legislature and have them make policies that just demand that the Christian message, the biblical worldview is no longer tolerated. That's where I see it's going. Let me go to line number three and talk with Kathy and Sunnyvale. Kathy, are you there? Line number three. Kathy, are you there? Oh, I certainly am. How are you? Um, I'm sorry. I have a little cold, so I'm annoying to listen to, but just, you know, I, I can't help it. You're all right. <laughs> now, um, I, did, I, have, I have, like all the callers, I have so much to say, and you're right on target as always. But uh, what you just said I called, you know, with other things, but but you, you're, you're just so on point when you're talking about Europe, uh-huh. because what really happened here, how I see it, it, it politics and religion got kind of morphed together in they this did. country. They did. And like, if you were a conservative or a Trump person, yep. then you were, you know, a yep. Bible, but whatever, and and you know, it, it, so it was very confusing. Yep. So the, this tremendous hatred. Anyone who's conservative, and, and we have to really stamp it. And I'm not saying I, I, I didn't vote for Trump, but that's beside the point. No, it is beside the point. You are making an excellent point, so don't sidetrack, because I want to hear it out, because right, it really so, does so, need to so be talked point, about. What, what, how I view it is it, it, it's so insidious, uh, Pastor Jesse, yep. because these people really want to attack. Um, it started... It started with kind of, a, as you say, politicization. I can never pronounce that word, but yep. anyway, you did a good job. Okay, well, that's because I have. A don't quote it. Don't quote it twice, though. Don't 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 say it no, twice. No, 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 I won't. <laughs> but but the, <laughs> um, it, it sounded good because I have a cold. But but the point is that that that's where this this hatred comes from. Yep. And so now they are pushing the envelope yep. ad nauseum. Yep. How far can we get away from religion? Yep. How far can we? But it's all political. You know. You know, just let me backtrack for one second. I'll get right back to this point. There was a a, a very famous neurosurgeon, a cancer oncologist surgeon. When I think it was the University of Virginia, he he was addressing medical students, medical students, um, and and um, 
and he was talking about cancer treatments having nothing to do with anything we're talking about. Right. And at one point he said, well, you know, we've, and, and he came up, he's, he just invented, not invented, whatever the word is, uh, you know, this is new procedure. And he said, you know, uh, when we're doing, dealing with the women, we, we, we put this amount of chemo, whatever it is. And then the men, they started booing and walked out on him. Yep. Now, he was talking, uh, you probably heard the story, he wasn't even talking about politics. Nope. He was talking about... Pure biology. Hear- Hold on. Pure biology. Exactly. So you know what? The truth doesn't matter. Nope. They are in a frenzy. Yep. It's a frenzy. And I agree with you. I think this is a real indication yep. of, of something coming because uh, there's no rationale. How far can we go now? I am so happy that you read that to, about Mar- what Martina said because I, you know, I grew up like you, the yep. 60s, 70s, yep. and good for her. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. I have a neighbor, her daughter, I don't want to get off the subject, but her daughter was uh, training for the Olympics, and they had trials in the school. I don't know how it works, but anyway, and two transgender, as we all know what happened. They yep. came in, they beat these girls. These parents had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars sending their kids to the special camps to train Olympics from the time they were three years old. These The transgenders came in and blew them out of the water. Yep. And, and I mean, it, it's so insane. It's so insane, Pastor Jesse. But it, it has to do with, and, and I'm just going to give a little solution. You want a solution. You always are so good about wanting to know, okay, what can we do? Right. What's our responsibility? Yep. I'll tell you one thing, because I view this now. Now it's serious. Yep. It, yeah, as a woman, I'm, I'm PO'd. Excuse my you language. You ought to be. I am really PO'd because uh, they, they are, you're right. The first they did it to the men, now they're coming after me. Yep. And, and you know, um, uh, but, but the, the, the point is that the only thing we can do as Christians, we really have to get our voice together. Yep. I, I, there is so much div- division in the, even Christi- in Christians today. Yep. We have to become a powerhouse because uh, God bless Sheila. You know, she was on point. You know, we have to get back to the word. We have to get back to it's the only defense because this this is there's no they're they're, they're insane. Yep. They're, they're just out for uh, how how far out. I, I, I my friend's grandson goes twenty three terms. He had to memorize cis, non cis, <laughs> all these sexual terms. I don't know what we're talking. They're seventy two, Kathy. Oh, they're seventy two. So he only he only did half of them. He he got to get the other twenty five <laughs> down if he wants to pass. I'm telling you. Uh, it, it, it's so insane. So, so these people are so angry. They're so, uh, it, and it's all politics and re, and, and, and religion. And, and religion. It's just and they it's don't true. see any distinction. So we have to show them. Excuse me, people. There is a distinction, yep. and we have to be a unified voice. Yep. A strong unified yep. voice, and we have to get right back to the basics. And and show you know it's none of this uh, namby pamby. Yep. One group says this. Yep. Anyway, I have to calm down. I'm sorry yeah. for rambling on. I love your passion. Love uh, it. It, it uh, you know your show. I, I tell you, Jesse. <laughs> excuse me, Pastor Jesse. It's all right, Jesse. That's that's, that's that's on my birth certificate. I'm co- I'm considered an actual male. Oh, okay. <laughs> and my well, name has always yeah. been Jesse Leon so Gistan. So you can call me Jesse. <laughs> yes. Um, now uh, the, the, the the thing. Now I forgot what I was saying because I, I. But anyway, it, it it doesn't matter. You have really... you have said so many important things, Kathy, and we've got a good half an hour for people to build on that. That's what this program is about. Well, and that, I'm that, 
I'm 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 thrilled because I'm building on everyone. It it is so wonderful to hear Christians talking, but we have to really be on point and 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 forget all of this. Forget white black. We know there are yep. justices in yep. this country. Yep. We have to stand. Yep. We are God's children, and yep. we have to stand together. Yep. Hopefully, we will come to understand that message before it's too late. Thank you for your call. Bless you, girl. Let me see here. I got a few more minutes. Let me go to line number one. Let me see what Mark is talking about on line number one. Mark, now you know we're talking about a particular topic, and you want to talk about Tommy Robbins. Why? What should I? What should justify you talking about Tommy Robinson? Because he's a hero. Because uh, he's going to be thrown into prison Thursday if uh, something doesn't change. Why will Trump let that happen? He won't. I don't believe he will. I don't think he uh, will either. I'm waiting. Uh, he did get the InfoWars transmission for today for five minutes. And uh, this man, uh, for those of you that don't know about Tommy Robinson, um, he's a family man, like many of us are, and he was uh, working, I don't know if it's an auto body shop or wherever there in England, and he noticed these Muslims taking these little girls and putting them in cars, and he said, what's up with this? And you know, he punched one of them in the mouth, took the kids back to their parents, and then he was uh, filming the trial in Leeds, England, peaceably filming the trial of these uh, Muslim rapists, you know, whether they were accused falsely or whether it was a, a true uh, accusations and all that, and he gets arrested. And what did he get arrested for? Yeah, good question. What did he get arrested for? He's in prison for four months to give him a can of tuna, Jesse, per day. And in that little hole they put the food through, the Muslims were throwing feces and urine and threatening to kill him when he got out. Somehow the story got out, and um, so he was released out of prison. But uh, Is he an American uh, citizen? No, he's the U.K. Oh, okay, well, you know what? Got to pray for him because the U.K. is in worse condition on many levels than here in America uh, in in terms of the spiritual spiritual conditions that we are talking about, you got to keep him in prayer. If the president can do something to to commute his sentence, then that would be good. But in terms of the all the other stuff, uh, uh, you know, be careful to let that process work itself out. I what I have to say is that. We're going to end up facing prison at some point uh, once we continue talking about the truth of the word of God concerning who God is and who Christ is and and what we must do in order to recover a right relationship with God. That's what's going to be sticking us in prison. And I'll tell you, we'll all be like Tommy Robbins if we're not careful. Thank you for the call. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I'll take up three lines, one 367 5329 Three lines are open, one 367 I'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. Two lines open, one 367 if you have been tracking with us in our discussion. What really I am um, trying to evoke in your thoughts uh, is a, a kind of a, a call to arms um, for professing Christians. I I did enjoy my call with our, our previous caller, Susan, in terms of her, her recognizing that they came after the men and now they're coming after the women. 
And they have already been coming after the children. I'll, I'll take Nelson in a moment, and and and, and uh, Shana, you hold on. I'll get you too. Uh, but it really behooves us to think through the strategy of the leftists uh, with all of their many faces, including the religious ones. I was when Susan was making the mention that Christians need to be united in terms of their message and uh, uh, and a kind of coherence to biblical truth, the explicit, uh, non-controversial biblical truths of the Bible. I, I think that that is absolutely right, and I think it's true, and I think um, as much as I have comfort in the the fact that there are many, many good men pastoring, many, many good men pastoring good churches where we are adhering to the biblical mandate and not capitulating to a leftist ideology that is also permeating the church and distracting us from the centrality of the preaching of the gospel, uh, even into a kind of social justice construct that is a Trojan horse that's allowing some of these same issues to come inside of the sympathetic nervous system of the church. Yep, the same issues that we're talking about uh, b- uh, being looked at from the outside, Susan, that's already in the church in so many ways. There are very clear liberal churches all over America, and, and they are prominent here in California. Liberal churches that have compromised the word of God in terms of biblical manhood and womanhood, biblical leadership. Versus the role of women in the church, compromise that. Once you compromise that, the gates open for all of the rest of the stuff because you have no biblical authority to draw a line between what you have already compromised and what you see coming. So where you see men and women compromising the biblical standard around the identity of men and women, the roles of men and women in the church, you can know that they have actually left a gate open. For the Trojan horse to come into the church. And you've seen many churches start off with a compromise of women. And now it's dominated by the whole gay, lesbian, transgender spectrum. It's in the church. Those are apostate churches. Those are corrupt churches. Those are unbiblical churches. They don't know God. Now they they will say they do. They will say Christ is their savior. But they have so mangled the word of God, so dishonored the scriptures, so dishonored the explicit teachings of the word of God that they can with a sort of a bold face say, you know, Jesus, my savior. Well, I love God and use the Bible, but they are in our churches and where men and women are not really rooted in biblical truth, sound in biblical truth. They're going to be pushed over by that momentum, that Trojan horse, which is in our churches. Look, by the time men start actually getting a backbone and telling the truth as it is in Christ and pointing all men and women to the necessity of bowing before the great proprietary work of Christ, the mercy seat himself in need of redemption and salvation, conversion and transformation until we are preaching the absolute necessity of the rebirth, new birth, again, birth, second birth. We're just playing church and the power that's working within the political construct, the uh, uh, spiritual realm, uh, controlling authorities, whether spiritual or political, they are moving forward with their agenda. And they are uh, causing the church to lose both its light and its salt. Like the conversation that we're having now, you would never hear this conversation in a liberal church. 
a compromised church, a church where the word of God does not have actual absolute authority over the leadership in that church. You would never hear this conversation. If you heard it, it would be in a kind of cognitive dissonance, uh, category contradictions that they accept. In other words, they may not want to accept, you know, transgenderism, but they're accepting the liberal rules of, of women leadership and women in authority and women occupying positions that the Bible completely prohibits, let alone forbids, prohibits. And so as long as we are kind of playing hopscotch with biblical truth, you have no authority from God to stand on God's word and speak for God. That's where our churches are in trouble. That's why you don't hear from them. You hear a few men on the radio across the nation telling it like it is a few. The rest are either just not either prepared to deal with the facts or have compromised and they're just waiting for the Trojan horse in their assembly to break out in the middle of their spiritual night. And the next thing you know, we no longer believe in the confessions that have been clearly held to for the last four or five hundred years since the Reformation. We no longer believe in the clear, uh, authoritative word of God as set forth by the apostles concerning structuring government in the church. We no longer believe that. Once you hear that kind of no longer believe that, the church is already hijacked by the spirit of error. The spirit of error has entered in. Ichabob is written over the doors of our churches, many of our churches, because it is very thing. So you can't you can't compromise at the fundamentals at all without it being a leak that will blow that dam apart. And that's what's going on. A dam in the church is bursting wide open. And now what they're doing, what is the church doing rather than preaching the supremacy of Christ, the glory of Christ, the centrality of Christ, the exclusivity of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, the oneness of Christ, the word of God from Genesis to Revelation with Christ as its main subject and the need of mankind is total redemption from his ruin and his rebellion against God. We're not talking about that. They're talking about all kind of horizontal issues. It's called a distraction. That's what the Trojan horse has done for the church, created a distraction. All right, I got to take another break. Then when I come back, I'll close with Nelson and Chenya on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I do have one line open if you want to say something. But I'm telling you where we are, ladies and gentlemen. You're watching the news and go, horrible, horrible, horrible. But God says judgment begins first at the church of God. And you better see these same kind of entrails in your church and say something about it before you get all upset about what's going on in the world. It is supposed to be the pillar and ground of the truth. But the lights are out in most temples today called churches. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right. Our time is 643 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me go quickly to line number two and talk with Chana. Chana, are you there? Chana? Can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. All right, we got a few minutes. Let's talk about this Saturday's Revelation Bible uh, Bible Ministry. Yes. Well, basically, we're going to be meeting. We're going to be uh, preparing and shipping Bibles to inmates, men and women. And um, we we need we always need prayers. We need a lot of volunteers. Thank God, there's a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Uh, most everybody goes to Grace Bible Church, which is um, a blessing. The support from all of you guys and from Grace Bible Church and 
lunch and, you know, opening the doors and plenty of parking. It's a huge blessing, and it's brought a, a significant amount of support that uh, is has been is, is for eternity. You know, these people, these men and women are lonesome. They have no hope. They, you know, most people, they've burned all of their bridges. Yep. And, you know, and so they, and only the Lord can change their hearts, but also only the Lord can give, to minister to them and give them hope of salvation of eternity. Because some of these people will die in prison. Sure. And, you know, so the hope that they have in Christ is so significant. And so many of us take for granted, maybe, the true gospel preaching that we're under, right. under you, Pastor Jesse. And these men and women, they don't have necessarily gospel preaching teachers coming into the prisons. And yep. so a lot of them are being deceived. Not only they're being evangelized by devil worshipers and all these other cults, but they don't even, even the people that, just like you're saying, you know, as believers, many of us are going the wrong way, or they're teaching yep. not the Bible. And yep. so, unfortunately, they don't have a choice to say, well, I'm not going to go to that church anymore. I'm just going to drive a little farther and go to this gospel-preaching church. Sure. So I think the Word is even more important to them, but also we need to be praying that gospel-centered preachers can go in and teach them, because as we know, we need to be taught the Word as well. But you know, we do our due diligence. We're shipping, God willing, we're going to be shipping 325 Bibles. And so we obviously are going to need a lot of help. But yep, yep. thank God, the volunteers are uh, seasoned. They, you know, they really come beside one another and help each other um, with all the facets. And as you know, we ship nice Bibles. They're engraved with our names, which is ministers to them so deeply. Because when you're in prison, I think you don't have, I, if I recall, or if I understand correctly, um, you know, they don't have anything with their name on it. You know, we have driver's license, we have mail, we have all kinds of things with our name on it. We take it for granted. They don't have one thing with their name on it. That yep. they can say, it's all, oh, it's always a number. It belongs to me. It's always yeah. a number. Uh, you are so right about that on so many levels. What I would want to say for our audience, because they're kind of wondering what's going on as we're shifting topics, um, sure. that we are, we, we host uh, a, a Bible uh, ministry where we, Purchase Bibles and very nice Bibles, and we uh, engraved them with with uh, with uh, prison inmates' uh, personal names, and uh, we we actually exercise some care in terms of prayer and uh, and giving them Bibles, uh, personal Bibles, uh, to help them with their walk with God, uh, because we know that ultimately it's the Word of God that has to change their hearts. And as Chana was speaking about, you know, prison ministries, it is a fundamental aspect of gospel ministry from the days of Christ presently. In fact, not only from the days of Christ, but even before in the days of Elijah, there were uh, servants who were taking care of the people of God who were in prison, uh, whether justly or unjustly. But, you know, and as much as you visited me in prison, and so the gospel does have to go there. So we do want to chain and keep in prayer men and women who would be willing to go into prisons and minister to uh, men and women, women to women, because I need to say that in this day, because it's just becoming more obscure unfortunately, and men to men, so that uh, God might honor the preaching of Jesus Christ in the uh, prison system. Now, we do have uh, prison ministry, but what we do, ladies and gentlemen, and we are asking you that if you aren't doing anything and you have time Saturday morning, uh, anywhere between uh, 8.30 and 1 or 2 o'clock, I mean, we would probably rather you come earlier, somewhere around 9 to 11 or 12, because we already do have a core group of people that come. 
But if you're not doing anything, you want to be part of the process of shipping Bibles to um, to our friends in prison. Some are believers, some are not, some are seeking. But God has called us to share the word, give the word, as well as proclaim the word. And that's what we get a chance to do every couple of weeks. And uh, we're going to be doing it this Saturday at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. If you are interested, you can call the office one triple eight. Um, sorry, one five one zero eight eight six nine seven eight two, or you can go online. Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Find our number. Call us and come on out. We feed everybody, like Chana said. We enjoy each other. We have a great time. Great atmosphere. Your soul will be nurtured to be part of just hanging out and doing the practical work of getting Bibles into the hands of uh, prison inmates uh, who are asking and seeking. And uh, we would really. We'd really appreciate your um, participation with us. I'm praying that uh, we have a good turnout this Saturday and that we're all healthy and that uh, you're healthy as well, China. And I'm looking forward to seeing you Saturday. So I'm going to let you go because I got to close it out. Bless you. Thank you. Let me go to line number four and talk with Nelson and uh, San Mateo. Now, Nelson, you, you've heard our whole conversation. This has kind of been one line for an hour and 45 minutes. We've been talking about um, the, the battle against our women with regards to transgender culture and the whole spectrum. What say ye? Okay. One thing I'll get right to, I just want to say, do everybody just do a Wikipedia search on Tommy Robinson. He has a lengthy criminal record. He was a member of the neo-fascist white nationalist British National Party. I mean, you talk about violence, drug possession, immigration. <laughs> anyway, well, there you go. That, this is that's called equal time. I'll, I'll, that's called equal time. I'll, I'll let that. That's why I really don't get into these kind of topics myself. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People call, yeah, but yeah, I don't get into it only because there's always these other sides. As soon as you go to advocating somebody, it, it, somebody's going to dig up some history, and rightly so. This is what I love about Freedom of Information Act. So I love this stuff because it allows me to recognize. And I try to tell all my brothers and and, and particularly my brothers, listen, don't get off point with the gospel because you know what the Bible says, that you and I are not to uh, condemn the righteous and justify the wicked or or justify the wicked and condemn the righteous. And a lot of times when you drift into politics, that's what happens, man. And so let's let's get to the real facts Uh, or something more germane. What's your thought about our discussion and particularly my female audience that chimed in, which I'm so glad they did, because a lot of times I wonder, do my sisters even really understand that a lot of the movement that has been going on since the early civil rights movement has really been more diabolical and it's really designed to attack the Amajo day, both of men and women, and that we're in a precarious day where, uh, you know, self-identifying is, is becoming politicized now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's so many acronyms now for not acronyms, but you know, um, labels for everybody. Yep. Um, what about that church in Shasta County in Riverview, Riverview Christian Church? They went in to try to close it down because they were disciplining students who were being part of, um, you know, who were acting out homosexuality. That you didn't hear about that. Where is? When was this? Was this something recently? Yeah, this was something recently. And, and where is? Are you talking Riverview or Riverside? Where was this at? 
it's Riverview um, Southern Church, but it's in Shasta County, where where Redding, California. Okay, Redding. So okay, it's up north. Now, who right. who tried to go down and shut who tried to go in and shut down a church that was exercising discipline for the explicit prohibition of biblical mandates? Who was trying to do that? I, I think that actually, I think they went beyond the local law enforcement. I think FBI and other people went in there. Because they were physically abusing the kids or just disciplining them by way of, uh, you know, keeping them from the table or excommunicating them, which is a biblical mandate for those who would continue practicing behaviors that are antisocial and, and uh, with uh, without keeping of a local church's uh, a set of rules and protocol. That's that's within the rights of our, our constitutional freedom of religion expression. I don't know how there would be some kind of governmental uh, imposition on that. They were saying they were doing psychological damage to the kids because they were disciplining them. Oh, wow. It, oh, I wow. didn't see anything physical, but this this is, like I said, just last month. And, wow. You know, today's only the 8th, so right. this is recent. Right. It, um, so you might want to check on that. But, I am going to check um, on it. Because of the implications. I mean, the implications. We got a few minutes here. I mean, I didn't know. I'm glad you called in on that only because the connection here uh, to me, Nelson, is that uh, first they they go for the men. They emasculate the men. Then they they basically deny the women and, and modify and distort the women and dilute the women. This is why I'm talking to our sisters, the notion that we should be happy about, you know, men being diminished. And uh, this is part of the Trojan horse uh, strategy of equality, egalitarianism, the notion that somehow there's no distinction between, between male and female. Any church that's advocating that notion is already incipiently apostate, incipiently apostate. And then when you turn around and try to discipline your children because you want them to grow up in the fear and the nurture of the Lord, now we're going to be in trouble for basically uh, denying our children uh, what uh, civil uh, secular rights are about to force down our throat that they have the right to reassign their agenda, uh, their gender uh, identity, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, this is all coming towards the church. I'm sure you know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, in Italy, there is a backlash against um, same-sex marriage and everything. And in France, I, it's so funny you mentioned France. Uh, last week I watched the growth of evangelical, I think it was 50,000 evangelicals in France, like in 1974, 1950. Right. And now, um, last year, article in March of last year, there's 650,000 evangelicals in France. So evangelicalism is growing in France, but I'm sure people aren't going in the middle of downtown Paris preaching. That was the, that was the thing that was extremely, um, Evident to me now, hopefully, because what the church has done historically, and I'm sure you would uh, consent to this, is that when there is a growing movement, particularly in a, a time of peril, the church will be smart enough to just continue to work to develop covertly and strengthen themselves within their small communities so that when it's time to go out, they can go out well prepared for the onslaught of opposition. If we are dealing with a quiet but growing community, of believers in Paris, uh, I'm thankful for that because we we absolutely know that Paris is precarious when it comes to 
uh, its social order with a lot of things that have been going on for on a liberal uh, level for many, many, uh, for many, many centuries now. Uh, but I certainly I certainly didn't see any freedom of, uh, of religion in that context uh, during during that time. But I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear it. And I'm glad you're able to affirm that uh, something bizarre has taken place in, uh, in in Italy and in Rome in terms of uh, just no freedom of preaching and no freedom of do- the- theological discourse. And all that was very evident to me when we were there. Of course, you know, being Ameri- Americans, you know, once I enjoyed myself, it was time to come home. But I'm looking at where we are today. And I appreciate the fact that we can talk about it right now. But I'm I'm very much concerned that one day free discourse around uh, the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to be a problem for us in the not too distant future. What say you? We got about a minute left. I agree. I agree. But, you know, the church grew in China and I guess it's growing that way in France. True. 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 See, that's okay. I gotta that, go. Yep. Talk you, to you later. God bless. Oh, oh, is your class going to be on Wednesday? Yes, sir. Um, Eleven o'clock. Eleven o'clock. Yep. I'll right. try to make it if you can. Be cool. All right. Great. Listen, it was a good time. Um, we've got a few minutes here. Let me just basically set forth the, uh, the the concern, maybe a half, just a bit of a concern. And it's it's largely with the people of God. I'm, I'm a pastor, so I'm going to just kind of set it forth uh, as I see it. Uh, the Apostle Paul lays it out very clear in the Word of God. Um, perilous times shall come. And I, I think we are somewhat there. Perilous times where men shall be lovers of themselves. And that basically is rooted in a narcissism. It is not a specific connotation towards homosexuality. There, It is speaking of the fact that we won't have a love for God. He says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. That is mankind, men and women, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Without natural affection, I, I believe that that is a very clear and accurate picture of where our cultures are. Truce breakers, that is men and women who don't really believe in an honoring covenant, who do not believe in honoring oaths and uh, just in a lack of integrity. False accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. That's what's getting ready to kind of boil over. An overt expression of despising those that are good. Now, those that are good are referring to believers, not the general milk of human kindness type of good where we help our neighbor across the street. We're talking about men and women who love God and therefore have the qualities of God operating in us through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And the apostle explicitly says, turn away from this kind of empty, shallow religion where they are driven by horizontal issues and not a radical commitment to the true and the living God in Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Uh, For of this sort sort, are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sin, led away with divers lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And the rest of that text speaks of the battle of Moses and and the magicians in Egypt. And it's a picture of the battle between the true gospel and false religion today. Watch out for it. Watch out for it. Um, Take heed to yourself. And to your doctrine, for in doing so, you will both save yourself and them that hear you. God bless you until next time.
Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.